think we got it. Everyone can hear everybody. That Welcome good. to Fantasy on Draft. Look at us go. Oh my goodness. Uh, if I can get a little less in mine, that'd be great. I'm way too loud. Oh, that's mine. Let's get ta, 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 ta. Perfect. That's great. Thank you. You good? I'm good. Do I sound all right? Hey, yo. We are Fantasy on Draft. I'm your host, NMFL, and hosting with me today, Maddie Saddy. What up, Maddie? What's up, Nick? How we doing, brother? Man, doing good. No Joe Griff tonight, just you and I, but we'll bring the heat. Week two, what a week of football, huh? I'm in the throes of football season after two weeks. I am just all in right now. Man, the comebacks that were going on, I, don't, I mean, was this one of the craziest weeks you've seen for the comebacks in a while that you can remember? Uh, yeah, since a week ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> like it's it is. I was watching the Dolphins and Ravens game and I couldn't believe it. it Red Zone almost gave up on that game and then right. came back and they couldn't believe what was going on. So this has been a lot of fun for two weeks. Just what does week three have in stores? You know, you keep asking and it's just a lot of fun so far. Yeah, and it's been that way in fantasy too. Guys have been crazy and guys that we thought would be good all year have kind of been pretty mediocre. So Yeah, Derrick Henry, not yeah. not a stud, but meanwhile, Carson Wentz, number four quarterback. Right, right. <laughs> How'd you do this week overall? Were you all right? Uh, you know, I did uh, two out of six. A um, couple dynasty leagues that I'm rebuilding in didn't do so well. Um, but you got to big... count those as wins, though. <laughs> yeah, right, and you're trying for that uh, draft pick. Right, right. But in the big league I'm in, I won by the uh, hair on my chin, and I will take it, and I'm super pumped about that. Yeah, I uh, that's our league of record, and I can't buy a win. I lost again week two, and it's our bet league. I'm 0 for 2 on bets. So, yeah, my other leagues, though, I did okay. A lot of dynasties I did pretty well. My my best dynasty league that I'm the most happy with and the one that has the best chance to win, I was playing the guy, that, the reigning champ, and uh, beat him, beat him on Monday That's night, always a good so, feeling. So that was fun. Yeah. Little housekeeping for the day. We'll just get it out of the way. We are on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast. Love to have you follow us and rate us review, especially on Apple. It helps people find us. We have a Facebook page at Fantasy on Draft Podcast, and we have a Bad Fantasy Football Trades page, which is kind of fun to see the stuff people people post. We're also on Patreon patreon.com slash fantasy on draft check us out there patreon is a place that you can help support the show financially if you'd like for as little as a dollar an episode you can help support us and keep the podcast running it's a nice way to to kind of help us fund all the stuff that we use to do it so we would love to have you check us out there for today's episode we're going to talk a little nfl news some nfl injuries our six pack of the week will be about I guess low-owned players that we, we were yeah lesser-known rostered players that may be uh, crucial to your team a little bit more down the stretch. Yeah, we're going to talk that a little bit, and then we'll finish with the drunken trade of the week. But speaking of drunk, let's get into our beer of the day. This is a beer by Altamont, and it's a collaboration actually. It's Altamont Brewing and Slice Brewing. It's called Maui Nugs. It is a double dry-hopped West Coast IPA comes in at six and a half percent the can says maui is a god and the legend runs deep a beer so delicious it can only become more powerful by inhaling the dank green nugget together they slow the sun and bring the fire with a super powerful easy drinking west coast ipa the secret of fire of fire hot profile 
Mosaic Lupomax, Simcoe Cryo, and Citra. You're welcome. There are some words in there I do not understand. <laughs> you know, Mosaic Hop, I under, I know that. I know I think we're both familiar with Mosaic Hop. Mosaic Lupomax, I, I don't I don't know that. Beyond me. And then Simcoe Cryo, I believe, is a well, Simcoe's a hop, but is it cryo is the way it's right. m- maybe preserved? I, I believe that's exactly kind of like that a cryotherapy is. type situation. Yep. Super yep. cold. You got it. Interesting. Um this is uh like they got the dank part right. This is very hoppy. Uh, it's kind of the way I like an IPA. Uh, yeah, it's I kind of like you know that you get that earthy taste. It's got good mouthfeel. I really enjoy it. Um, I'm gonna give it about a seven point one. It's uh, I don't I don't really know too much about slice brewing, but Altamont always turns out great great beers. Uh, this is yeah easy drinking beer. Uh, like I said, very dank. Uh, very Simcoe cryo. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I enjoy it for sure. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely easy drinkable. I mean, you could drink uh, three or four of these fairly easy and, and you know, be okay. It is at six and a half percent. So it's kind of right there on the cusp where it's, you, you kind of want it to be maybe a tad higher. Yeah. Listening to it, I thought it was going to be a tad higher. Right. But six and a half is not too bad. And yeah, if someone didn't tell me the ABV on this and I drank it, I'd be like, oh, this is probably well into the seven, yeah. seven and a half, maybe seven, seven. Uh, you know, you get, like I said, that dank feel right out of the gate. You're kind of thinking, okay, it's probably high ABV, but it's a little bit lower, which is, you know, not the worst thing in the right, world. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it an eight flat, 8.0. I, oh, nice. I, I like it a lot. I would like to drink more of this. It was kind of a special thing that, that came up to our area up in Chico and we were glad to get it. Um, yeah, we're both... Altamont Brewing, they're out of Livermore. They're great. We get a lot of their stuff around here. They're, Anything from them. Their Maui Wowie is one of my go-tos just For if sure. I'm out and yep. it has that. That one's an easy drinking. Slice Brewing is actually down in Sacramento, the Sacramento area, and they're kind of a newer brewery, but they've been making really good stuff too, so it's really fun to see these guys collaborate and put it out. Um, Altamont is at Altamont Beer Works and also at Alt- altamontbeerworks.com. And then Slice is at Slice Beer and SliceBeer.com. It's kind of cool to see like a veteran brewery uh, like Altamont to bring up a younger brewery like Slice. Like I'm not saying Slice isn't younger, but it's more lesser known. And that's kind of cool when breweries do that. Like Sierra Nevada does that quite a bit. And it's, you know, we're all in the same game here. Let's see what's the best beer we can make. And that's cool. It's not a competition. It's more family. Totally, totally. Beer beer is good at that. They kind of, I'm pretty certain though that the head brewer of Slice has been around for a long time. Okay. I should know who it is, (laughs) but I don't. And I'm sure there's someone out there who does and maybe could let me know. Johnny Summers, I bet you know. Um, But I'm pretty sure it's a well-known Sacramento guy. that I want to say he was at New Glory for a while and then went somewhere else. But So the brewery being pretty new, but I don't think – I think he's been around. But veteran players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, love the beer. Really good. I love the collaboration. It's it's fun when – you like both breweries and they collab you get get some cool stuff yep and once again the beer can itself has all kinds of cool stuff on it they do have a big green monster dank nugget all over the right. front I, I love it looks great yep yep they're they're doing some good stuff um quick question of the day maddie when sunday sunday afternoon you're watching all the games are you a check your fantasy team over and over and over again type guy, or are you like let it sit and come back? What do you what do you do on Sundays? 
out of the gate, I am refreshing constantly. I do have my iPad out. I have my phone out. If I'm in a different room, I definitely am checking it constantly. And then if I'm not doing well, <laughs> I will turn off all the gadgets and I just watch football and I try and try and see like maybe I can will all my players yeah. back to performance. But when they're doing well, you're just sitting there rooting for them the whole time. So it depends on how my team's doing. I I am meticulous pretty much, though. I do like having my uh, my fantasy app on and seeing what's going on. And I like to see what other teams are doing, too. You know, people you want to root for or see how other teams are doing when you see someone like making that charge towards like 200 points or 250 points and you want to see like what's going on there. What about yourself? I am the complete opposite. Don't look at all. I don't. I, so I have a lot of teams. I think I have 11 teams and I have a lot of the same players in those leagues, Mm -hmm. especially in dynasty. You know, I have a lot of Antonio Gibson. I have a lot of CD lamb. I have a lot of the same kind of players. But what I do is I like to watch the football games, and I'm I'm not going to say I'm a purist and I'm watching it for the football. No, no, no. <laughs> it is all it's all fantasy right. for sure. But because I have so many players, and like sometimes I'm playing against the same a player, and I have that player and different things, I don't turn on I don't turn on my apps very much at all. What I'll do is I'll maybe every like twenty minutes, half hour, I'll go to ESPN. And I'll go to each game and I'll check the box score. And I just, so I'm constantly seeing how everybody's doing throughout the whole league. But not their performance exactly. And I, but I don't, because sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I'm playing versus CD Lamb. Right. So I don't like want to like pull up the app and I don't want to see like, you know, like, oh, this week, like, oh my God, I'm playing against Tua. And then in this league, I'm, I have Tua. Right. So I am, I'm weird. I, I go through the box score. And so in my mind, I kind of know how everybody's doing. Right. I just don't want to see it like team versus in, team. In real time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I almost go to the point where if, depending on which matchups I really am hoping to win, I'll start looking at the other line and be like, okay, who am I rooting against this week? Like, yeah, do I yeah. do I have any of these guys that I don't want to like? And I'll like, oh man, these are the big games. These are the games where we both have players in. So I'm pretty OCD about it. Uh, I'm all in. Like I said, nine, nine o'clock, I'm making sure all my lineups are locked in. I've picked up anyone I want to. And then I pretty much have some lineups memorizing what's going on, what games really matter to me. Luckily, Red Zone is just just fantastic. Yeah, yeah no, what so a, great. The greatest idea that's ever happened. I, I can't believe they nailed that down. Just I My parents watch Red Zone with me because my dad was blown away. He does not play fantasy football. He's never set up a fantasy lineup in his life. And he, he goes, this is great. It's just all the action. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> that's exactly what we're, they're aiming for, and they do a great job at it. Yeah, I usually, so like... I mean, it's not never. I don't never pull out the the app of you know sleeper and look, but it's very rare. But then after the one o'clock games, I'll go and I'll look at like all my teams, see how they're doing, and then I'll do that again Monday, like before the game. So, yeah. but during like the main Sunday games and stuff like that, I don't I don't want to know who's playing against who. I right. want to know I want to know how all you know. And I know like okay, I have this guy, I have this guy, I have this guy. Every now and then I'll be surprised and I'll be like, oh, I didn't remember I put that guy in. But for the most part, I kind of have an idea. Right. I just don't really want to know what it looks like <laughs> and who's versus who. <laughs> I uh, I killed the battery on my phone about halfway through this <laughs> <Yeah>. afternoon games. <laughs> I got to charge it. <laughs> let us know how you guys do it. Am I the weirdo? Because I feel like I'm the weirdo here. <laughs> but uh, let us know. Reach out. Let's uh, let's jump into some NFL news and notes. Um, week two, week two was crazy. Jets beat the Browns thirty-one to thirty. Nick Chubb scored a touchdown with a minute fifty-five left 
to go up 30 to 17. Joe Flacco, I ain't dead yet. Ain't dead yet is the way to say that. My goodness. He's just coming out just a top 10 fantasy relic, I would say. But he's making Corey Davis look great. And then, you know, he's got young players he's making look good. That offense is fun to watch. And that defense is terrible. So it's great that they're just this offense is looking alive. It's going to be interesting when Zach Wilson's healthy because obviously he's got the starting gig. But, man, there's going to be there's going to be some he's going to be on a short leash. (laughs) And it just, you know, it brings up one of those things in football. You know, we, as fantasy, we want the touchdown. We root for the <laughs> touchdown. We don't. But if he falls down at the one, the Browns win that game easily. Totally. Easily. Uh-huh. They they sit on it and run the clock out. There's nothing that can be done. Yep. Instead, he scores the touchdown, which is, I mean, that has to be something planned ahead. I, you know, we've seen it where guys, like, do it but i just feel like in the heat of the moment it would be almost impossible to not score the touchdown right and as fantasy players i have nick chubb i was like yeah let's go i remember a similar situation about three or four years ago i had todd Gurley went one of the gears he was kicking ass and i remember he broke away a tackle with less than two minutes left and i think his team was up six or seven and they could run out the clock and i think he dove on the ground like on the 10 and he could have easily just trotted in and scored touchdown and i remember i had shares of him and I was like, man, that's awful. And then it was, it was, uh, it, it was like, no, they, they they're there to win, not right. to get our fantasy, which is a bummer. But I remember someone tweet, I think it could have been Matthew Barry, who uh, he said Todd Gurley should apologize to nobody about his fantasy relevance because he has probably won you your league. So it is, it's one of those things like you don't, you, we want the touchdown, but you got to remember it's a business. But that was a weird situation. I'm sure Chubb got talked to about yeah. that. Like, hey, yeah. know how we could have won this game. And, you know, it's kind of a nice, not a nice reminder, but I feel like we as fantasy players always want the scoring and we do that. We tweet at him and tell him you suck because you didn't score or you're, you know, this because you did score. So maybe it'll kind of reel some of that back a little bit because we saw in real time, we saw a team lose in a game that they shouldn't have, you know, because he did score and stuff like that. Exactly. Another crazy game. Dolphins beat the Ravens. That was 42 to 38. Tua threw for over 400 yards and six touchdowns. And going into the fourth quarter, it was Baltimore 35, <laughs> Miami 14. Yeah, it got some uh, Super Bowl <laughs> Patriots Falcons vibes there, man. That man. is crazy. Tua threw four fourth quarter touchdowns. Four. And it was it looked easy too. It's I, I don't know if the Baltimore defense gave up or if they figured something out, but it like I said earlier, we were talking red zone. Red zone was on that game the whole time. Oh, it was yeah. constant. I mean, they were making it had to be. They were making four or five play drives, scoring a touchdown. And it was it, it was they, these guys were wide open or making great plays, and two was just letting it fly. I think it was a lot of I've got nothing to lose. We're supposed right. to lose this game at this point. And you know what? Let's let it fly. We've got some great weapons. Let's let Tyreek be the cheetah. Let's, you know, Waddle get open. This is going to be fun. Yeah, and they both did. They both had over 100 yards. I think they both had two touchdowns. But on the other side, Lamar had a great game. He threw for over 300 yards. He rushed for over 100 yards. He broke that 170-yard yeah, rush. 70- I, that was crazy to watch because he just pulled away from the secondary. I was like, because you, you see a quarterback run away. You're like, no, he's going to get caught. And he just kept galloping, and it wasn't even close. I'm like, God, that guy is fast, yeah. man. 
Bateman and Mark Andrews, they both had over 100 yards. They both had a touchdown. I mean, that game was intense. We should have known. I mean, the game kicked off with Duvernay returning a touchdown. Right, right. Which I have some Duvernay. I was thinking, I sat him in most of my leagues because I wanted to see how he did. He had a hot week one and week two that, and just right away, he scores a touchdown. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) I made a mistake. Great game though, man. That was that was one for the books. If that oh, man, if that yeah. gets if that gets re-aired on NFL, I, I'll probably watch some of it. <laughs> like it's just and I I've been a Tua fan for a while. I you know made a mistake and I multiple places took Tua over Justin Herbert in the rookie draft in Dynasty, but I've still been behind Tua and it was kind of nice to see shut some people up a little bit this week. I mean, that's not going to be an every week thing. That's not really the style that he plays, but. It was nice to see him do it. It was nice to see him use his weapons. And yeah, because I think the Dolphins went out and got these weapons. It's, right. It was awesome to see him use them 100%. And he does have that talent. And I think this is the first time it was like, it was Tua unplugged. It was like, go for it, man. I, I would yeah. like, McDaniel was just like, dude, go have fun out there. Who cares? Like, it was because it was a different offense in that fourth quarter. It was, yeah, it, sure. they, I mean, they were just running go routes and hitting everybody. It was great. Keeping with the the crazy games, the Arizona Cardinals, they beat the Las Vegas Raiders 29 to 23 in overtime. And same thing, they were trailing 23 to 7 going into the fourth quarter. Kyler Murray had two fourth quarter touchdowns and two pretty incredible two-point conversions. Yeah, one of them he scrambled for about 15 seconds. Yeah, one and of them, I think it said he ran like 60 yards or something like I'm that. I'm not surprised. That. He went to the complete other sideline and then broke back. It, that must be so frustrating yeah. for a defensive coordinator just looking at his, just tackle the guy. He's 5'4". Just someone trip him and like, come on. And then the second one, he ran around so much and he was trying to tie the game, needed, needed the two-point conversion. And when he threw it, I didn't know where the frick he was throwing the ball. And then um, AJ Green caught it. I would like to know how fast he threw it because yeah. he put both cheeks into it and threw it as hard as he could from about 12 yards away. He put all 87 pounds behind Dude. it. <laughs> he absolutely launched that ball. I mean, that must have been a fingertip catch by AJ because he must that was, thing was moving. But that was a great game. It was. I yeah, I have some Kyler in certain teams, and so I was rooting for him the whole game. And I was like, God, he's not doing anything. And then... Once they came back, I was like, here we go. Like this, he just figures out ways to make his off. It's he's a second half player. Yeah, he just, he yeah. figures out an offense. He's like, all right, here we go. I'll, I'll get, I'll get it done. And they ended up actually, they won the game on a interception or a fumble return. Right. I mean, it was a defensive score that won it. Right. Yeah. It was a, it was a fumble and then, uh, they ran it in and then they had to review it because they thought the db or whoever picked it up let it fly at the goal line they, oh, they didn't, didn't see that yeah he was uh he was crossing the goal line he kind of did like the flip like let's go crazy kind of thing yeah yeah and so they were reviewing it and so a lot of the commentators were like oh they're reviewing the fumble that's interesting kind of like we don't know what they're talking about and then someone like the judge they had or the uh, ref they had on air they're like what are you seeing here and they're like they're reviewing him going across the line and it was it was close but there's no definitive evidence and it was super that's weird so bad because everyone's shaking hands on the field and it's like it's over it's over and blah blah, blah. and then they're just like uh maybe it's over <laughs> what's the guy's name the wide receiver that uh did that a couple times oh um it's lost on me i don't know yeah he's a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> oh god new york giants two and oh pretty surprisingly i mean this week especially their offense was not very good 
Um, but I guess Saquon was okay. He had 76 yards, but only 3.4 yards per carry and only three catches. But Daniel Jones wasn't very good. I don't even think he hit 200 yards passing. Uh, kind of rough, but 2-0. The, just get him to 2-0. Like, it's kind of those things like it's a confidence builder. May not played well, but if you come away with a W, these guys are going to be excited. Uh, I think the game script was definitely let's get Saquon the ball. He had such a great week one, and he was running guys over and carrying guys' yards. So I think that was kind of the game script. Uh, but it wasn't... I watched some of that game, and it wasn't super action-packed, but they came away with that W, and it was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, the Jaguars beat the Colts 24-0. Kryptonite, man. Man, running their home win streak against the Colts to eight games. And the Jaguars have had the number one pick for, like, three years in a row. Yep. The Colts have made the playoffs. Yep. Like, Jags kept Colts out of the playoffs last year because yeah. all they had to do was beat the worst team in football. They couldn't do it. Yeah. A lot of people Eight have games. The, a lot of people have the Colts winning the division and they just got beat by the Jags again in Jackson. Like they just cannot. They can't win there. No, they can't. Doesn't matter who's quarterback. Doesn't matter who's running the ball. They just can't figure it out. They didn't score once. That's and so weird. Jonathan Taylor. I don't I didn't watch the game. So did you watch the game at all? I did. He, I he looked. He had 54 yards on nine carries, but which is six yards per carry. I mean, that's not. It looked bad, like they. It looked like they were throwing it quite a bit, but I think one of those rushes was like 25 oh, yards. Okay. I think it because he broke one off, and they're like, "There we go, that's the Jonathan Taylor we know." And then it went back to like, eh, not so much. Yeah, it was a weird game script though because they were getting their ass kicked almost immediately, so they couldn't just hand it off to Jonathan Taylor. Colts at Jaguars, man, can't get it done. <laughs> uh, the Cowboys, they got a field goal as time expired to beat the Bengals. I didn't see that happening. Um, yeah, backup quarterback Cooper Rush just being a stud, taking down Super Bowl, you know, contending teams. I mean, are the Bengals in trouble? There is that statistic. No one who's ever started 0-2 has made the playoffs. And there's isn't there a thing, too, and I don't know what exactly it is, but it's something like you, teams that make the Super Bowl and lose the next year finish pretty bad. Yeah, there's, there's been a few of those. That, there's some statistic relating to that, too, but... Yeah, the Niners, the year they made the Super Bowl, the next year they weren't very good. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's just... The Cowboys, they don't have their starting... <laughs> they don't have their starting quarterback now. They have a guy who can't find a starting gig anywhere else who looked pretty good in this game. Yeah. Making a wide receiver look really good in this game with Gallup out. Noah Brown is... It, pick him up, by the way. Like, we're going to talk about this later, but he's just... He, that is who Cooper Rush is looking for. And so... And the Bengals just look out of sync they cannot figure it out jamar chase and uh bro do not look like they're on the same page at all i know and week one he was forcing it to him when they were around the end zone and it looked good and this week nothing and yeah and he even had like i i guess i can understand week one a little bit because t higgins came out with a concussion so he's like i'm gonna go to my main guy here but he was forcing with t higgins too it was not pretty and so yeah. i don't know what's going on bro hopefully they figured out i'm a big fan of the Bengals. i like everyone on that team Me i'd too. like to see him bounce back and Break some stereotypes, but it they are not looking awesome. The Bills, Bills Mafia, shout out to my friend Mel. Uh, they blew out the Titans 41 to 7 on Monday night. Josh Allen had four touchdowns, 317 yards. Diggs went nuts, 12 for 148 and three touchdowns. That was pretty incredible. I mean, that was a game for Diggs that 
man. Yeah. So the Bills in week one and week two beat teams that were had double-digit wins last year and handily beat them both by 21 points or more. Tennessee was the number one seed in the AFC last yeah. year. And they made he made them look like Jacksonville. Like, it was incredible. I've never seen a quarterback. Like, there are strong quarterbacks out there. I've seen guys who can throw it, you know, 60, 70 yards. I've never seen someone throw it 50 yards so effortlessly like Josh Allen does. He just flicks it and it, it just goes. goes. Yeah. And the closest thing I can think of is maybe like Aaron Rodgers with he he can flick it down the line and it goes 30 yards. Like, wow, I can't believe he threw it that far. But he's throwing it, barely stepping, just yeah. nice casual. He has all the time in the world. They're they look like a Super Bowl contending team and they made Tennessee look terrible. It got so bad for Tennessee that we actually saw Malik Willis at quarterback. <laughs> we did. I mean, I don't think anybody thought that he was going to be the first rookie quarterback to see the field. No, I don't think so. I wonder how uh, Tannehill felt about that. Well, <laughs> and, and any pointers? Point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like at that point, they were just taking everybody out. I mean, Josh Allen got taken out. Everybody oh, yeah. Was, I mean, poor, I mean, Derrick Henry, what, what do you do with this, man? Yeah. He's, he's a top five pick in almost every league you're in and redraft and less or in single digit points both times. And just. He's one. He is one of those guys that you can't sit him. No, you cannot. You, especially with where you drafted him. Yeah, you have too much, too much stock on him. He'll figure it out. I think. I think so too. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be. They're not going to be the one seed, obviously, but I think they'll turn around and have a good season. But yeah, he'll have one of those games where he runs for two hundred four yards with four touchdowns, and everyone's going to shut their mouth. Everyone will be happy again. Yeah, exactly. The other Monday night game, Eagles whooped up on the Vikings. Um, classic Kirk failed in the primetime game. Yeah, what's his record in primetime? It's something awful. It, I don't it, even know. It's god awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he did not play well at all, and Darius Slay just blanketed Justin Jefferson. They had, Slay yeah, should have had four interceptions. He, he should have. Like dropped two. Yeah, and he, he hit him. <laughs> Cousins hit him in the chest on a couple of Straight <laughs> in the chest. Yeah, that's... The Eagles look amazing. That is the team they have been waiting for to like click. And I guess AJ Brown could have been that missing link. Having that alpha wide receiver one, you got Devonta Smith lined up on the other side. You got Galastar, a terrific tight end, and they're doing right. a com- they're doing a committee in the backfield. And they do have Sanders as their number one. But I mean, Gainwell's a great like yeah. just you know passing down back, and then sprinkling some Boston Scott. Jalen Hurts looks amazing. He's and been great. At this point, and we just talked about it, if he hit Bill's Eagles Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, wouldn't be surprised. Like, they, they look tough. Can't count it out. I mean, Hurts, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of Hurts as a guy, as a person. Yeah. And so it's easy for me to root for him. And I every, every time I watch him pass, I'm like, man, that's not good. But it gets it done. He puts up the yards, and then he runs like crazy. So. He, he does. He makes that defense work for sure. And I think he just tires them out on every drive. Their drives are 8, 12 plays long, and that defense is exhausted by the time they get to the end zone. I feel like every game I watch him play, I count him out. You know, I'm like, ah, you don't want this guy running your team in the two-minute drill or something. And then he just yeah. goes out and gets it done. So, yeah. The Eagles look pretty good right now. Yeah, their their offensive schemes look great too because A.J. Brown was getting open by miles. Like that's the guy you want to cover, and he was over the right. middle in the flat. And he, there wasn't guys within 10 yards of him. It's right. Like, it's like the, the guy's huge. How are you missing this? <laughs> so Let's jump into injuries for week two. Oof. Trey Lance. Poor guy. Broken ankle. Yeah. That was, it's that Dak Prescott broken ankle too yeah well apparently it's not quite dax was 
a little more severe. Um, oh, I want to say spiral, but that's not the right word. Joe, um, but Joe. there was <laughs> Colin <yeah>. Joe. <laughs> the, anyway. the fracture that Dak had was a little bit. The recovery time is a little bit worse. Yeah. Um, so apparently, when they went in, it wasn't as bad as they thought that way. But I mean, done for the season, put on season in the IR, and for a guy that you know runs the ball like that that's that's tough it really is and hopefully bounces back he's such a young guy it's gonna be mental at this point he'll recover physically he's you know he's a beast he will get trained properly he's got great trainers on that team but it's the mental part of the game where he's gonna is he gonna be afraid to go up the middle or do that you know that play option right is so i was kind of thinking about this it would be really cool if someone who knew Dak and knew Trey said hey Dak like you should call Trey right now and tell him he'll be back and be okay because right now he's right. sitting he's sitting there with a boot on his foot he had one of the best teams at his fingertips and he had the starting gig he's on top of the world and now here he is that's a huge bummer man yeah and the thing that's also you know hard to think about is going in now by the time he gets back on the field he's only played like he only played one season of college football yeah. So since 2018, he's only played one season. He's not getting back till 2023. That's yeah. man, that's a long time to yeah. to not play football. We'll we'll see. I and he only played. I mean, the only game he started this year was in a swamp, right? And that doesn't right. count. That and doesn't then so count. and he played. Was that the? It was like the second drive. It wasn't. It was beginning yeah. of the game. Yeah. And so Niners have Jimmy G, and he looked pretty good. I mean, you never want to see a guy go down by injury, but. There's a small part of me as a Niners fan that liked it seeing Jimmy G out there. Yeah, under those circumstances, it's awful, but it was nice to see Jimmy G. And, but, he, and he went down there and drove and got that touchdown right out of the gate. What are your feelings on it? It's like, yeah, it's it's tough because I like Jimmy G out there because he's consistently mediocre. Yep. I was happy with that. But when you think about it, we all know what his ceiling is and it's not that high. Yeah. I mean, as a team that can do well, they've, you know, made it to the Super Bowl, made it to the, you know, the championship game has done some of that, but realistically his floor is much higher than Trey Lance's floor, Mm -hmm. but his ceiling is also much lower than Trey Lance's. Yeah. And I've, I've made the argument that it's tough with, you know, it's tough with Jimmy out there because, you want the quarterback where two minutes to go, your team has the ball down six. You know your quarterback's going to go down there and, yeah. and score, and that's not Jimmy G. No, he's not. That's he needs not. time. He needs to run the basic offense to get the ball who it goes to, and he's a smart player. That's the thing. He's not. He's a very right. low-risk playing quarterback, right. and the Niners, they have a great offense. It'll be interesting to see what happens because I think he's had all offseason to hear that from fans, from the media. Hey, you're just not the risk taker. You're not the guy. I wonder if there's a little like, well, fuck you. I'll throw it 60 yards. Like, cause he does have a good arm. He can throw it. He just never does. And it's kind of interesting. So we'll see what happens here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The GM looks like a genius right now, by the way. I know. I know. But (laughs) having in there, I mean, oh my God. Cause season could have been over. Over, over done don't even right. have i mean not that nick mullins is great but we don't even have nick mullins anymore he left yeah i i looked up the next guy <laughs> i laughed at his name because I, I never heard of him <laughs> oh man they drafted him though they said he's good he played came out of iowa state i think he might have uh he might have worked with you last week <laughs> <laughs> probably did <laughs> said he was pursuing other things <laughs> alvin Kamara, he has a fracture in his rib cartilage which doesn't sound good for a running back. 
He missed last week's game, but he did practice at a limited role today. Um, pay attention. See if he gets any more practice this week. Yeah, keep an eye on that. I don't think the Saints think they're going too far this year. It'd be sucked to ruin their RB1, this franchise running back. I, I think they're going to take their time with this. But, yeah, definitely keep an eye on him if you have any shares of him. Yeah, you know, I do. I have him in yeah. the league of record, and it's been nice putting him on IR and losing two weeks in a row. <laughs> Justin Herbert actually has the same rib injury. And Handling it like a champ. <laughs> you know, I think it's different to be a quarterback. To, well, I guess you're throwing the ball, but getting a hit all the time like a running back. But it was kind of crazy. His one play, he couldn't do anything. He looked like he was dying. He could. He just kind of threw the ball into the dirt. Yeah, that was so weird because he didn't even – he barely threw it into the dirt. Yeah, he he just, winced in front of, you know, 70,000 people and, you know, however many people watching, and he was in that much pain. And then the next throw was the prettiest – dime of a throw i've ever seen in my life justin herbert throws the ball better with a rib injury than you and i can with <laughs> and yeah it was it was how he got it past the defensive back where it looked like their arms were in the same exact spot like i don't know it, it like glitched a little bit yeah. it was like madden it just kind of <laughs> glitched all of a sudden the ball was in the wide receiver's hands it was a beautiful throw but um he also he did practice a little bit and they're hoping that he's gonna play i think they're Planning on him playing. I think that he played Thursday this week. Yeah. Gives him a little extra, a couple days. A little bit. And they'll give him that like flak jacket type thing right. that protects him. I don't know. It seems like they usually use that. A lot of quarterbacks yeah. use that when they don't have rib injuries. Right. And I think it protects him pretty good. I think he's so driven to win and he knows he's on a good team. It, you might have to get a, you know, a whole squad out there to take him off the field. He's going to want to play. And you probably don't have anybody better on your leagues to, to play instead. So you'll probably, if he's... If he's playing, you'll probably run him out there. Yep. Another 49er running back is hurt. Tyrion Davis-Price, high ankle sprain, out four to six weeks. He saw 14 carries this last week and, and looked pretty good. He looked pretty spry. I yeah. like the way I like the way he runs. It was it was interesting, but Niner, Niner running back, the curse of the Niner running Man, back. It's so bad. I, I don't remember the last time a guy played like five games in a row. No, right, and uh, we just – Marlon Mack, right? Yep. Just signed Marlon Mack, so he's going to be active this week. Probably be the number two. Yeah, because you got Jeff Wilson and him, right? Yeah. So who else? They signed somebody. Oh, Tevin Coleman was signed to the practice squad today, <laughs> so that's never a good thing. Meanwhile, Trey Sermon's over on the Eagles. He's like, you guys are stupid. <laughs> you guys are going to yeah. look like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> How good did I look in earlier? Huh? <laughs> right. A lynch? Right. Jerry Judy, he hurt his shoulder, chest, ribs. <laughs> everything i read said something different the way he hit he like pancaked to the ground it was such a it just hit him all at the same time yeah yeah he uh so they he finished the game on the sideline mm -hmm. and then didn't practice today but is hoping to get a practice in or two this week and we'll know a little bit more it didn't sound like they're super concerned about him missing the week yeah it's big questionable but he's in your lineups so you make sure I bet it's a game time decision. Uh, yeah. And it's, oof, I don't know. Hopefully he'll get at least a practice or two in so you can at least make a better decision. But we'll see. But, yeah, he's had a good season so far. So yeah, if you, and that if, offense. If plays. Yeah. James Conner had an ankle injury. That also took him out for the rest of the game. But, it, he, you know, reading that button in a little bit said he stayed on the sidelines. He stayed in uniform. Just they didn't want to run him out there. He's listed his day-to-day. Not considered long term, but he didn't practice today either. 
Yeah, this is the first time that James Conner has actually been to the point where we're like, oh, he may not actually start. He came in to Arizona. A lot of people were like, he's injury prone. He's getting older. Right. And this is the first time I can remember where you're like, whoa, he might actually start. But I think he goes out there. He'll figure it out. He's so driven on this team. He wants to be part of there. So I think he'll uh, he'll suit up. I hope he does. I have some shares of him as well. <laughs> but, you know, the they looked okay. I mean, not great without him, but, I mean, they, they looked okay. And, yeah. and they got the W, so. They had a lot of uh, passing downs. Daryl Williams out there. They just kind of gave him a lot of check yeah. down passes, yeah. and that kind of helped them. You know, the, the game script really worked out in that favor. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe a little committee. They might sprinkle it like 60, 40 or something. Probably be on a little bit of a pitch count. Yeah, ease him into it. Dalton Schultz, he has a PCL injury, iffy for week three. And it's actually the same injury that Zeke had last year. And Zeke played through it. But Zeke clearly wasn't himself last year. Yeah. I didn't see him get hurt. I saw them tending to him. And, yeah, and I didn't, I, see, I didn't see exactly what the injury was, but they said it was like his knee went into the ground or something or other that that's a bummer. Cause I mean, Dalton Schultz, there's not very many guys that throw the ball or can catch the ball over there right now with Gallup out. So, and CD's double coverage all the time. So. I know. And it, I feel like they're going to rush him back because they need him. Yeah. And yet that's kind of what they did to Zeke last year and his year was rough. So, so we'll see. He, I mean, he's one of the top, tight end so it'd be tough to not run him out there but i could just see jerry jones going in the locker room like john Voigt did in varsity blues he's like come on suit up you're gonna be good you're gonna be good to go <laughs> get the <laughs> take, needle out yeah take the needle out you're gonna be good man do it for the team <laughs> we'll need this ring man <laughs> good movie good movie <laughs> this week's show is brought to you by the great people at the common social emporium the commons is a tap room where the patron pours their own beverage it's a social gathering space located just south of downtown Chico with over 20 beers on tap, a small selection of wine, and even some ciders and kombuchas. It was created as a common space to share with the community. As third and fifth generation Chico locals, the owners felt it was important to give back to where they came from, providing not only a recreational establishment, but a unique experience, a social emporium. Located at 2412 Park Avenue here in Chico, California. You can find them online at www.thecommonschico.com. Love the Commons. Big fan. God, I love it there. Every time we do their little their little sponsorship, I just like, you know, we, we should just go over there right now. <laughs> right, right. Let's pause this. We're gonna, we'll, we'll be back. <laughs> All right, man. Let's jump into Set It and Regret It. Who did you play this week in your own personal lineup? That you just want to punch in the face. Darnell Mooney again. Mm. And this is, mm. I, I felt like it was justified because they played in that hurricane last right. week against a week solid defense. Throw out. Weren't throwing it at all. But I didn't know that they were not going to let Justin Fields throw the ball 12 times this entire game. He, they yeah, threw, that was weird. That was so strange. And now don't get me wrong, Montgomery was looking good on the ground. But Green Bay... And Rodgers were just trotting up and down the field, scoring touchdowns. And they seemed like they were like, yeah, we'll figure it out later. Let's just run the ball. Let's just run the ball. Right, like, it was right. so strange. So, and then when he did throw it, it wasn't anywhere near Mooney. So, where I drafted him in most of my leagues, I he was in my lineup. Now, he's on the bench, and he is looking to go to the waiver wire. If they don't figure this out soon, I don't know what's going on with that offense and why they do not want to throw it with Justin Fields, who's a young quarterback who needs to throw the ball. But... It is that bit me twice. So yeah, 
hurt me once, shame on you. Hurt me twice, you know. <laughs> da 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 da. What about yourself, man? Who'd you who'd you oh, start man. this week? I played Jameis Winston. Okay. And it came out they had a hurt back. And I went through most of my lineups and in a couple lineups I had him in I had him in in two or three lineups and I took him out. And one lineup specifically, my other option was Tua Tunga Aloha. <laughs> and I was like, you know, if his back was hurt that bad, they wouldn't play him. Like, right. He'll sling it around. Yeah. Lots of options. Indoors. Yeah. Going against Tom Brady, you're going to have to throw it. You're probably going to be down. You know, and that was part of it, too. I was like, that defense is good, but he's going back, you know, like playing Tampa again. Like, he'd love to put up some numbers on Tampa. And Tom Brady has a problem against the Saints or something, I've heard. Yeah. There's something going on there. But, yeah, you'd think he was going to throw it. You didn't know that Tua was going to absolutely go ape shit. And I lost by like six. Oh, no. <laughs> in our scoring system, Tua put up over sixty. Yep, it was like sixty-two, I think. Yeah. And Winston had like 12, 13. If it makes you feel any better, I sat him as well, and I barely won by one point in my league. So <laughs> <laughs> I started Kyler, and I, he was on the verge of only scoring about twelve points going in the fourth quarter. I sat Tua in a couple other places. I, I have a few shares, but I sat him for like. Aaron Rodgers or, yeah. you know, guys that I felt comfortable with. Consistent. That one was the one I specific, like everything else, I was like, okay, what do I want to do? And I was like, eh, I talked myself into Jameis Winston over to uh That's where it's going to be tough, I think, with Tua <sighs> this year. I think he's going to have these games. He's going to have these games where he absolutely goes nuts. But he could easily have the games where he threw for 140 yards with three interceptions and a fumble. Like, it's he's going to be super hot, super cold. I think, to me, the comp that I have for him is Alex Smith. That's like Alex Smith for the Chiefs is kind of my comp. There will be games when he has 300 yards and four touchdowns and he wins the game for you. Yeah. And there's going to be games where he throws for 185 yards, you know, maybe one touchdown and still the team does okay and does well, but he doesn't. I just exactly. that's that's my comp that I just keep thinking like, you know, he's never gonna have those, okay, let's put six or seven of these big games together. Yeah. Nope. There's gonna be hundred and eighty five yards and one touchdown and two interceptions, stuff like that. But so here's my question. Are you starting to it this coming week? In the league that I had Jameis Winston, yes. Okay. In the other leagues where I started other guys up, no, I'm yeah. not. I actually have a league. I have two on my taxi squad. Oh. And um, just because I have, I don't necessarily have a ton of better options. I have Baker and I have uh, a couple guys like that. But I just needed the taxi room and I had other quarterbacks. So I left them there and I'm going to leave them there. I'm not going to pull them off yeah. right away. So I, I have Kyler and I'm going to continue to play with Kyler a little bit. Right. And if, I mean, if Tua goes out there and, has a great, you know, another great week, and he puts up another 30-plus points, and Kyler has a very mediocre one. Yeah, next next week it's probably going to swap, but it's I think it's going to be hot and cold. It's going to be one extreme or the other with two. Right, right. I, I agree for that for sure. I think that you'll get some of those games, but I just think you're going to – I think he's comfortable to just dink and dunk where he needs to and, you know, doesn't need to – throw it a bunch and stuff so i think Tua can end up giving you an aneurysm if you have men sometimes if you're if you're relying sure because he's not consistent and i i think if you're starting over kyler you're gonna intensify that that aneurysm yeah, quite a bit because <laughs> that's gonna be the week kyler goes off for 50 points 
Yes. Exactly. Yep. All right. Jump into our six pack of the week. We had talked about basically we want to highlight some guys that are basically under 50% owned in the sleeper app and just kind of bring them to your attention. Let you know these guys should probably be added in most leagues. And if not added, for sure, put on your watch list and and keep an eye on, depending what you need. You want to start off with your first guy? Yeah. So, I mean, right out of the gate, Jimmy G, he's rostered in 36% of leagues. He has Debo, he has Ayuk, he has Kittle. Uh, Great bye week fill-in, especially with a banged-up backfield. I think they're going to let him throw it. I would I go out there and grab him to start him only if you're desperate, but I would like to have him as a second RB or second quarterback option by week fill in, like I said, or even deeper leagues where it's a super flex. He did well last year. He didn't do great, but he was consistent, you know, 20 points here, 25 points there. He doesn't throw a lot of picks and he has so many weapons that he's going to hit Debo and Debo's going to do his thing and it's going to make him look really, really good. He only threw it 12 yards, but guess what? Debo got him 70 on it. Right. So I'd say keep an eye on him. If you need that second uh, quarterback and you're kind of not sure about yours, don't be afraid to pick him up. Yeah, I, I agree. I have a super flex league where I had him on my roster and I'm pretty pumped to have him right now as a, as an extra quarterback. Same boat, man probably try to move him just hopefully to get something for him but yeah i think especially bye weeks coming up bye week fill in you can do much worse than jimmy g absolutely what about you what you got my first one was cole beasley all right he actually just signed with the the tampa bay bucks he signed to their practice squad but more than likely going to get promoted god chris godwin's out julio jones is possibly out mike evans is suspended yep and I mean, if you picture Tom Brady's wide receivers, Jim Rats, Cole Beasley yep. is that exact person 100%. that you you picture, and yep. he's owned. Um, when I when we were looking at it out yesterday, he was at twenty percent. Today he's at thirty four percent after a lot of the pickups and stuff. But if you need some wide receiver help, you know, grab him. He, you know, like I said, a lot of people did pick him up yesterday, but if this will be the week with those all those guys out. You know, you're going to need to do something. And he just, yeah, he fits Tom Brady to a T. So, yeah, you saw what Cole Beasley did with an elite quarterback with Josh Allen, too. And he excelled over there. I mean, minus Stefan Diggs, like he made Cole Beasley. He was a wide receiver one and a half. He did really well. So I think that is someone that you definitely keep an eye on. Uh, Another kind of veteran, not veteran, but he's been around the block a little bit. Uh, Corey Davis rostered in 33% of leagues, uh, Flacco likes him and he's making a huge impact already. He's ranked 20th wide receiver right now, uh, by week two. Flacco is apparently just an elite QB. (laughs) He's in a tier one. Uh, jets are going to be down quite a bit. He likes to run to him. Uh, he also likes to run to Garrett Wilson. Those two guys are just eating right now. Like crazy. I would say if you have the roster spot, you need a wide receiver as well. Uh, he is someone that is you should kind of take a look at. He, I think it's matchup dependent, but as long as Flacco's throwing the ball over there right now, they're they're getting some points. I think Flacco's been spreading the ball out a little more than Wilson was last year. So yeah, Corey Davis can. I mean, he had the long touchdown in the fourth quarter this week. Last week he had six or seven catches. I mean, he's definitely somebody that can can come in and fill in for some of the injuries. Like I said, all those Tampa Bay guys are out. Yep. People are going to need, you know, you if you were starting Julio Jones, which he looked good the first week, he, he did. could be starting him. 
you know, somebody like Corey Davis might fill right in. Absolutely. Uh, my second guy is Daryl Williams, running back for the Arizona Cardinals. Yesterday, he was 10% owned. Today, he's at 70% owned. Hottest, so, girl, hottest girl on the block. So this is a little late for a lot of you, but he's definitely the clear backup to James Conner. When Conner went out, he did very well, got a lot of the carries, got most of the carries, got the passing work. I mean, he's... A lot of people were thinking, you know, Benjamin would be the guy to uh, step in and fill in if Connor was injured, but it looked like Daryl Williams. And Daryl Williams last year for the Chiefs, I mean, he caught forty-one balls. He was he he did pretty well last year. So yeah, I think he's a he's a good pickup if you need a running back. If you have James Connor, pick him up in case Connor doesn't play. I think he's a like I said, where he he did get picked up a lot yesterday, but he's still out there in a few leagues. Yeah, and I think if you had James Conner to begin with, you did have like Eno. You thought he was going to be the one, right? But after seeing that, you're going to have to fight some people off to get that handcuff now. And he, they, it looks like they went the veteran back. Eno's still young, maybe he's still learning what they want to do with the pass catching back. But Darrell Williams was doing really well, so yeah, try and pick him up. I agree with you. Uh, so my third guy, a little bit older, but Logan Thomas. Yeah, he's older. He's 31, but Wentz is slinging the ball in Washington. Wentz is the number four quarterback in fantasy yeah, right now. And he, he looks it, by the way. He looks really, really good. Flacco and Wentz. Man. Where are we? What is going on? What is this, 2014? Oh, God. Um, I think he's a he's a solid tight end. You know, the the range that's out of tier one of tight ends, if you don't have Andrews, you don't have Kelsey, you don't have these big guys, you can kind of just throw a dart and whoever's going to do well. Logan Thomas did really well the last two years before he got hurt. And when he's healthy, he's great. Wentz has thrown it to everybody on that team right now, whether it's Curtis Samuel, whether it's John Dotson, whether it's, you know, Scary Terry. For sure. And those guys spread the field out, and it makes Logan Thomas get open. So if he's available, don't be afraid to throw a dart at him. I think he could help out your lineup, especially if you're not too satisfied with what kind of tight end you have right now. Yeah, and there's a lot of tight ends out there. Cole Komet owners aren't happy right now. There's a lot of guys going on. And he scored a touchdown this week. Wentz found him this week. So, yeah, he's definitely somebody that can you can pick up up and i mean for redraft 31's nothing that's fine play him a little understandable for right. for some of the dynasty stuff but i'm sure he's already picked up in dynasty i think we are talking redraft but yeah 31's not that bad for a tight end not at all i mean i have tj hawkinson and i definitely looked into logan thomas just a little bit i was Hawkinson's like okay it's been rough he has uh he's not getting too much i'm on ross St. brown's taking a lot of fancy points off his plate he's, yeah. because he's eating a lot in detroit but i've had logan thomas in the past and he's very consistent so, yeah, definitely take a look at that one. My third guy is Noah Brown, wide receiver for the Cowboys. He was 35% owned yesterday. He did jump up to about 60% owned uh, last night into this morning. But right now, he's leading Dallas in receiving. I mean, he is... Yards, uh, like targets, all Everything. Yeah. I mean, so he is definitely... With Gallup out, that is... I mean, both... Dak was looking at him, and Dak was threw him the ball, and then Cooper Rush just kept it going this week and kept hitting him, you know, often. He had a touchdown this week. I mean, he looks really good. And I think it's because defenses are blanketing CD. Right. I think they're like, we're not going to let CD beat us, and they're just kind of writing off Noah Brown. He's getting that one-on-one coverage, and he's burning guys, and he's been around the block a little bit. I think this is his sixth year, fifth or sixth year in football. Yeah, it is. He's he's 25, but he came out really young. He came out like at 20. Yeah. So, yeah, he's like this is like his sixth year, and he's just been a lot of practice squads and stuff like that. But, I mean, getting the opportunity, and he is – 
I mean, he's making the best of it. He's Absolutely. doing well. Especially if Schultz is out this week. I, he could be really valuable. Yeah. I, I think it'll change when Gallup does come back. But for the next few weeks, I mean, he's definitely a, a wide receiver fill-in. Yeah, take a look. I mean, that's like a Mike Evans situation. If you have Mike Evans and he's right. out of the game, go pick him up right, right. now. Because that's all about as long as you're going to get him. You're going to get him for two or three games. Hope it's longer, but we'll see what happens. A couple honorable mentions. Kyle Phillips, wide receiver from Tennessee, and Justin Watson, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Both are are super young and haven't done much, but Kyle Phillips is a rookie this year. He looks like he's out playing Burks a little bit, so we'll see how that goes. He's a PPR machine. And then Justin Watson, he scored a touchdown this last week, had 50 yards and a touchdown, and with... Mahomes, you never know. He's going to throw it to who's open. Yeah, he he is a quarterback nightmare when you have a wide receiver on the team. You think it's going to be Juju. You think it's going to be someone else. Right. And it's always consistently Kelsey, but there are these other wide receivers, and I think he is one of those things. You hope the week you start him, he's going to kick some butt, because when he does, he's probably going to win you your week. Yep, yep. I think both of those two guys aren't necessarily to be picked up immediately, but just guys to put on your radar a little bit. Yeah, put them on your watch list. All right, man, let's get to the Drunken Trade of the Week. Drunken Trade of the Week is brought to you by At Bad Fantasy Football Trades on Facebook. I pulled this directly from that page. This is a dynasty league. It's a super flex league. And this gentleman is offering Adam Thielen and I don't even know how to say it. Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus? The Atlanta wide receiver? Yeah. And in turn wants to attack Aloha <laughs> in return. I will admit it wasn't clear if it was before or after his six touchdown game. Let's for argument's sake say it was before. It's still a bad trade. Exactly. Like regardless of the game he had this week, this is a bad trade. You have a wide receiver two on a team with a quarterback that can't find anyone right now who's a little he's bit older. 30 something plus. I think he's 31, 32. Yeah, yeah. And then you have Zacchaeus, who's a wide receiver four on his own team, not even in football. Right. And then you have an up-and-coming quarterback that has as many weapons as, you know, the U.S. military. Right. And so it's just kind of those things like, why would you – this is an awful, awful idea. And then when he goes out and – like I said, theoretically, this is before the six-touchdown game, six game. This is a bad trade all the way around. I don't know what he needs or what he's trying to get, but this was uh, this is awful from – start to finish yeah i agree i forgot we forgot i was supposed to bring it up last week but did you hear about the trade that joe made um in his work league i did not so joe was offered in his um in his work league he was offered um aaron Rodgers. I believe it was Aaron Rodgers. It was a redraft, right? Yep, redraft, redraft. Okay. one quarterback. He was offered Aaron Rodgers, and to get him, he was giving up Devontae Adams. Okay. <laughs> it was sent as kind of a ha-ha joke. It's a one-quarterback league. There's no chance you would accept Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And the person that sent it, uh, our friend Greg, Greg, friend of the show, all of a sudden got an alert, ding, trade accepted. No way. Right. Apparently, Joe's son was playing games (laughs) (laughs) 
on dad's phone when said trade came through and was trying his hardest to clear the alert. And apparently the best way to do that was hit accept. Our uh, our guest for next week's show. <laughs> but then it also kind of caused some drama in the league, apparently, because... One, people were kind of mad that that would be a trade. Yeah, of course. And then they were like, no, man, it's not a real trade. Like, it's a joke. You know, like, we're bullshitting. Veto it or cancel it, whatever you need to do. And people were like, well, what do you mean? He's like, no, dude, that's not a trade we would do. Like, what are you you talking about? That's out of control. Yeah. And then apparently the the commissioner was just like, you need to find better ways of joking around. (laughs) It's like, Come on. But I thought that was great. That is great. Kid playing on the phone, tries to get rid of the alert, hits the accept button. Terrific. <laughs> that, that's Rogers stu- for Devontae Adams. That's uh that's stuff you hear in lore, man. There's kind of yeah. like that you don't you don't expect that. Luckily, and for everybody listening, if you're a commissioner, that is the exact scenario where you actually do your job yep. and you listen to both guys and you cancel it, you don't let the trade go through. And you don't pull up, well, it was accepted or anything like that, you know? That's where you have to take yourself out of being one of the, you know, one of the team owners. And you have to be commissioner and you have to look at it justifiably. And also you have to tune out everyone else who wasn't involved in the right. trade. Because I guarantee that commissioner or everyone else had, you know, whatever it was, eight, ten teams. People squawking, saying, eh, wait, wait, just, you know, causing all kinds of ruckus, rabble, rabble, rabble. And it's like, hey, listen. And both guys were like, it was a joke. And it's like, okay, cool. It was a joke. Flip it back. Right. Yeah. Don't do it again. <laughs> not only was it, not only was it a joke, but my kid accepted it. Yeah. You know, like, does that look like a fucking trade out? <laughs> <sound? laughs> oh man. Quick reminder, Thursday game. It's time to unflex them. Move your players. If you have guys playing on Thursday night, move them out of your flex spots, move them into the running back spot, into the wide receiver, into the tight end. Even if they're your normal flex guy, if they're playing Thursday, move them to their actual position so that on Sunday, in case you have any injuries or stuff like that, you can play anybody in the flex spots and you're not stuck having to play a fourth string running back because he's the only one that can fit in the <laughs> running back slot. So move your guys out. It's a veteran move, guys. It makes you look like a genius if it ends up turning into that. Yeah, we'll be having bumper stickers eventually. And T-shirts and mugs. <laughs> All right, guys. That's pretty much it, yeah? That's it. Thanks for thanks for being here. Thanks for letting us chat you up. If you liked what we did, hit us up. Hit us up on our email, Fantasy on Draft, and that's D-R-A-U-G-H-T, the old school draft, fantasyondraft at gmail.com. Patreon members, we love you guys. You can hit us up on Patreon. You can hit us up on Discord. Um, appreciate everybody listening to us. Yeah, we love you guys. Thanks for all the support. This has been a lot of fun. Cheers, friends. Tip your bartenders. Take it easy, guys.